Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to the Viking Age podcast, it's the official podcast of thevikingage.com. My name is Chris Shad. I'm a writer for the Viking Age Zone coverage. Bring me the news and the Brookings Register. We do this every Monday with a late week episode right here on the Viking Age YouTube channel. We're also on podcast form on Apple and Spotify the very next day. But however you consume us, make sure you rate, comment, like, and subscribe so you never miss a new episode and we can spread the word to the masses. Today's guest, you can see him on the screen here. He is here to preview Sunday's matchup between the Vikings and the Detroit Lions to take a look at what the Lions could do in the playoffs. He is the host of the Pride Podcast through Blue Wire Pods, and his name is Tyler Sawa. Tyler, welcome to the podcast, man. It's good to have you. Thanks for having me, Chris. Looking forward to it. Um, I got to start out with this because the vibes, they got to feel immaculate in Detroit right now. You got the Lions winning their first division title in the NFC North era. Michigan is in the college football playoff championship game right now. Uh, the Pistons broke a 28 game losing streak the other <laughs> night. So you finally got a win there. And the Red Wings seem to be in the mix for a playoff spot. Life's got to be pretty good over there, doesn't it right now? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, for the last what, five, six years, it's been very brutal with our, with our sports teams, especially with Detroit sports teams with the Lions and Tigers in a, in a crazy rebuild. And then the Red Wings were in a crazy rebuild on the Pistons have been doing what they've been doing for the last couple of years. And it seems like it's been pretty much the same thing. But like now you kind of see the the light in the end of the tunnel. Like you mentioned, the Lions clinched their first time I've seen North in my, my first time in my lifetime and the first time in 30 years. And for the Red Wings, yeah, you know, they've been playing more encouraging hockey, been a little hot recently, and yeah, man, it's been good, and, and Michigan football, like you mentioned, are playing for the National Championship on Monday. And of course, you know, we are here to talk about the Lions, the first division title since 1990, they, the first NFC North title, it was the NFC Central right. the last time they won, and, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were like divisional rivals, It, it it's crazy. Because the first thing I want to talk about with you is how the Lions got here. Because like from a Minnesota sports fan standpoint, you know, I was writing about this for zone coverage earlier today. The Lions were like the comfort food of the NFC North. Like every time you're feeling a little down about yourself, here came the Lions, you know. Mike Zimmer needs a win to save his job. Oh, it's Matt Patricia's here. Uh, you know, Kirk Cousins, he's a little shaky right now. Oh, here come the Lions for a last second comeback. That noon window, baby. Um, you know, 2021, this team was 313 and one. One of those wins, of course, against the Vikings. But some of the notable names I picked up on a tweet you put out reading the roster, you had Jared Goff, DeAndre Swift. Uh, Tyrell Williams was your wide receiver one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, TJ Hawkinson. Hey, we know that guy. Yeah. Uh, Trey Flowers, Romeo Okwara, Jamie Collins, Jeff Okuda. You guys didn't even have a kicker. So what's been the biggest turnaround with the Lions since 2021 that's turned them into legitimate contenders? Yeah. I mean, I would say they, they've done 
the right things right and, and for Lions teams in the past it seems like you know they kind of try to hold on to what they had before and keep trying to build off of it and it was kind of what the, the Stafford thing I love Matthew Stafford I think he's a phenomenal quarterback but they just could not build a team around him and it, it was like a weird window where when you have Stafford you're 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 good enough to not get a good draft pick but you're not I mean, you're not bad enough to get a good draft pick, but you're not good enough to be a contender. And when Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell took over that Matt Patricia roster, like you mentioned, and Bob Quinn roster, you know, they essentially stripped it all apart and, you know, traded some assets to get some capital back. And I mean, right now it's working out really well. That Matthew Stafford trade has worked out very well for the team. I would say, obviously, for both teams, I mean, the Rams won a Super Bowl, obviously, with Stafford and the, the Lions were able to acquire so many pieces back in that deal that led them to this moment to win their first NFC North title ever. And, you know, they, they just stripped it from the start. And, you know, they were some brutal years in 2021 and, you know, even the start of last season. But finally seeing that lights the end of the tunnel, finally winning the NFC North, finally being in the conversation, the big boy table and saying, hey, we have a shot in these playoffs this year. It's really refreshing. It's really cool to see all that you know, losing and all that, wasting your time, you could say, for three and a half hours every single Sunday, it's kind of paying off finally uh, for the first time, and it's really cool. What What do you think the end of last year did for this team? Because they started one and six. You know, Dan Campbell was on the hot seat. You win eight of your last ten. Vikings fans were thrilled that you knocked the Platt Packers out of the playoffs. That was probably yeah. one of the biggest highlights of the Vikings season was seeing them go down. Um, how did that set the tone for where they are now? I think a lot, you know, I, I think that's just learning how to win because like it was breaking narrative after narrative. I mean, at first when Dan Campbell was here, it was like he couldn't win a road game. I mean, in his first year, didn't win a single road game. And then obviously during that one in six stretch, didn't win a single road game. So it took all the way till late October and a win in Chicago for Dan Campbell to pick up his first road victory. Okay, so you break that narrative. All right, let's go make it back-to-back road wins. And so they go out to New York and win, win that game. And they just learned how to win, man. And, and I think it's really important for a young football team that hasn't won much. Like, you have to finally, you know, beat that barrier. And they did that last year. Now, all Lions fans obviously want to make the playoffs. And we were that close, obviously, came down to you know, pretty much the final week where then Seattle crushed their hopes when they won that game versus the Rams. But like we 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 kind of felt it for the first time. Like, okay, like we're actually there. And this doesn't feel fluky where it's gonna just be a one year thing and the next year everything's gonna fall back to you know pieces because we've seen that with the Lions team before. Like in 2016, like um, you know, had a, a pretty successful season, but fell apart at the end of the season, you know, losing the last three and then getting killed in Seattle in the playoff game, and then 2017 not being as great as a year, and then you fire Codwell. This felt different. It felt like they were building something. Their young players learned how to win. And winning that game in Green Bay last year in Lambeau, even though they didn't make the playoffs and even though they technically had nothing to play for, I think was a very big confidence booster saying, hey, we could do this in anyone's turf or anyone's place. You know, doesn't matter if it's one o'clock on a Sunday or 820 on a Sunday night football where the Packers have everything to play for. If they win this game, they make the playoffs. The Lions crush their dreams, beat a division rival. And I think they brought that momentum into this season. You know, it's funny you mentioned that kind of looking at this matchup and, and we'll get into the game itself later. Uh, understandably, I'm not exactly thrilled about uh, previewing this game because the Vikings, they have nothing to play for. They, their playoff hopes are basically on life support. I think it's 3%. Um, they got to beat. Oh, I can't remember what it was. I, I think I got it listed right down here. It's that high. I'm shocked it's 3% because you guys are like, uh, behind a lot of teams. <laughs> yeah. It, it, well, that'll happen when you lose three straight games. Yeah. I, I got it written down right here. The Vikings can get into the playoffs if they beat Detroit. 
They uh, Seattle loses, Green Bay loses, and either Tampa Bay or New Orleans lose. So I think somebody, uh, the Minnesota Football Party on the Locked On Podcast Network, looked up the actual odds for the parlay, and it's like a thirty-three to one parlay uh, okay. to hit on Sunday. Um, I mean, this is not know, that crazy. I mean, I mean, Green Bay's playing Chicago's hot. Yes, Arizona's like a, a, a sneaky team. They could win versus Seattle potentially. And then you said. Uh, I mean, New Orleans plays who? The Falcons? Like Carolina. That, that go either way. Or, uh, yeah, yeah. New Orleans plays Falcons, and then Tampa Bay plays Carolina. So Carolina, right? And you only need one yeah, of them to lose, right? Yeah. So, so I mean, I think with that factored in, it's Atlanta beating the Saints, which I think is very possible. Yeah. I think that game's at the Superdome, but or whatever it's called now. Um, but, but I mean, looking it's at the juxtaposition, <laughs> like, like a lot of Viking fans are kind of like, yeah, I don't really care. I want to lose this game or whatever. And you're talking about the Lions here, about how much that win at Green Bay. Like, the Lions, after Seattle knocked them out, they could have just been like, all right, let's get the draft pick. Let's get another guy. But, I mean, Dan Campbell wanted to build his culture in year two. The the It's kind of a very similar situation to what Kevin O'Connell is experiencing, except for the fact the Vikings have kind of flatlined to circumstances outside of their control yeah i would agree with that for a little bit i think it's a little different just because i think what o'connell took over was a little better situation like you know he had a more like he had a more i guess team to build now i mean like we just mentioned that 2021 lions team with campbell and brad holmes took over it was i mean damn near an xfl roster right it felt like yeah i mean a lot of those guys are not even the nfl anymore right um but like to a certain extent yeah i think it could be something new for you guys. I mean, because you guys have a big offseason, obviously, with Kirk being a free agent. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it could bring some momentum. I think beating a division rival is always a good way, like, to end the season, even if you don't make the playoffs. Yeah, I know you said you have a 3% chance, but, like, assuming all those scenarios don't happen, I think ending the season against division rivals is always a good note. I mean, even in 2021, we played a Packers team who already clinched the number one seed, clinched the bye week, and ended up resting their starters in the second half. But as a Lions fan, even though we won that game and took ourselves out of the number one pick, like it was still a very good win and it's still a very good feeling to beat the Green Bay Packers, even though Aaron Rodgers didn't play in the second half and David Bottiari didn't play in the second half and Devon Dams didn't play in the second half. It still felt really good being a division rival down the season. And, and here's the thing, too. You talk about that and you're like, oh, man, we, we played ourselves out of the number one pick. Uh, we're not going to get Aiden Hutchinson. Well, then the Jacksonville Jaguars are just like, well, we're going to take Trayvon Walker instead. And like, you guys had to be like, are you sure? Are, are you serious? <laughs> I guess. Yeah, we'll take Aiden Hutchinson. Like, it's like the Eagles taking Jalen Rager ahead of Justin Jefferson and Rick right. Spielman and Mike Zimmer laughing at each other. Like it, it, there's so much that could happen in a draft. And if you're cheering for the Vikings to win, like the teams ahead of them have a pretty good chance to lose on Sunday. So, I mean, it, it's still kind of like, Hey, if the Vikings win this game, it's not like, Oh my God, they absolutely can't get an impact player on defense or can't get an impact player on offense. It depends on what them ahead of the draft and whether the scouting department can find some guys because the Lions have definitely had luck in that department. Yeah, I would say 100%. I mean, <laughs> I think for Lions fans that year was like, just get one of Cave on Tibbet or Aiden Hutchinson. And then we had the option to get both of them in our pick. We didn't do anything either. Yeah. But we, thought like, we thought like one of them, we thought we were just going to get the leftover or whatever it was. And, like, and that was fine with us. But like, it was pretty cool. We had the option of either one. And it looks like both players have panned out to be pretty good players. So, I mean, but yeah, um, for the Vikings, a little weird because you guys like are a solid team already. It's not like you guys are in a mix of a two win season or a three win season. Like you guys are at seven wins already and have an opportunity to win 
was it? Are you at eight wins or seven wins right now? I think uh, seven and nine coming into seven and nine. So you have an opportunity game. to win yeah. eight game, right? So like, yeah, like it's like you know mediocre mid, like right? But like I don't know. I think it's a little different because like the Lions are like pretty much at rock bottom. I mean that was a three win season and they didn't pick up their first win until I think December was when they beat the Vikings. Yeah, all right, it was something like that. It was either yeah. late November or early December. Yeah, that was the uh, that was the Amon Ra St. Brown takeoff game. Yeah, where yep, uh, yep. he had like. He had like nothing coming in, and all of a sudden he had like ten catches, a hundred and some yards, and that walk off touchdown. And yeah, that that was effectively the end of the Mike Zimmer era. That's when everybody said, "All right, right, we we, we got to do something here." And you know, it is funny you mentioned the one difference between the two teams is like the Lions at this time last year felt like they were building something, like they were progressing. The Vikings feel like they're going in the opposite way, or even worse just staying at that same direction because you mentioned this too when you were talking about Matthew Stafford. The Lions were bad, but they weren't bad enough to get a top draft pick, but they weren't good enough to be a legitimate contender, which is kind of the the Vikings have lived in throughout their existence. But you trade your quarterback, you make a couple of moves, and you took a contender. And, and lo and behold, it only took you three years to do it. Like, this sounds very familiar like like you talk about how the vikings have pieces but everybody here is screaming about kirk cousins and like oh my god we got to keep kirk look at how bad things got with nick mullins and josh Dobbs. you know what do you think of kirk cousins and like should the vikings keep him? should they keep stay the course should they move on like what would you do if you were the vikings gm right now the viking situation is just so weird because you guys have talent so it's like hard to click a reset button like the lions did because the lions i mean they had talent but like once patricia kind of ran out most of the talent like darius slay and quandre Diggs and all those guys out like when brad holmes took over there wasn't much talent all he had to really deal with was the matthew stafford situation and I think for the Lions in that situation, it didn't really make sense to keep Stafford around because, you know, they weren't ready to compete in 2021 with Stafford. So it wouldn't be fair to him. And it just made sense to, you know, click the reset button. And even Lions fans, when it happened, I mean, they were like panicking saying, oh, look how we lost the trade. Look how Stafford's balling in L.A. And look how bad Jared Goff looks here. So it could look bad at first for sure, right? Like if you move off of Cousins and let's say you give the Rams to some bridge quarterback or you give the Rams to some rookie quarterback. Um I've seen it go both ways, though. Like, you could start a rebuild, and it could go how, like, the lines have gone, and, and it works out, and, and you are in the big boy conversation. Or it could work out in a situation where you trade off all your young talent or you trade off all your veteran talent, and you don't get the right guys in the building. So it really comes down to devaluation and draft. And different sport, but, like, comparing it to the Pistons. I mean, the Pistons completely reset and stripped their whole roster down. <laughs> I mean, look what that has led to us. We yeah. haven't led to much winning, you know? They've tried the draft route. We've had lottery picks for the last, what, four years now? We've even landed the number one pick with Kate Cunningham. And, like, they are still in that hole where they can't even make themselves relevant to, like, get into a play-in tournament. Like, they're not even close to that. So, like, I've seen it go both ways where it could go like the lines. You could reset and you bring the right guys in the building and you could be ready to go in two or three years. Or, you know, you're kind of in that weird situation where you just keep on rebuilding, where you have to rebuild the rebuild. And th- those are the those are really, really bad as a fan, I'll say. This is where the difference between the NFC and the AFC comes into play. Because like the AFC, when you're building a team, you're like, oh, my God, we got to beat Patrick Mahomes or Trevor Lawrence or right. Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson or all of these big name quarterbacks. 
In the NFC, it's an arms race. It's all about the supporting cast. You know, you the number one team in the NFC is the 49ers. Brock Purdy's a good quarterback, but he's elevated to another level by George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, Debo 100%. Samuel, you know, that that Kyle Shanahan, that entire defense. Like the Lions with Matthew Stafford, they basically looked around and said, Man, our supporting cast is like we have nothing right now around him. So you deal him, you get Jared Goff. Uh, who obviously is filled in that role nicely, but like you said, it took some time. But you get, uh, I'm, I'm gonna butcher this name, Afitu Melafanu. Afitu Melafanu. Thank you. I call me Ify. Yes, I, I was gonna put the pronunciation on there, but as a little behind the curtain, I forgot what time we were doing the podcast. So I like rushed everything and threw. Say goodbye your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. <laughs> Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. What's spring like in Park City, Utah? Imagine waking up on a bluebird day to ski the greatest snow on earth at two world-class resorts, Park City Mountain and Deer Valley. Exploring miles of wide open spaces by snowshoe or cross-country skis. Wandering our historic Main Street with its Opry ski scene and award-winning restaurants. When you love it like we love it, Park City, Utah will always be winter's favorite town. Join the experience at visitparkcity.com. Everything together. Uh, you get Jamison Williams uh, from Quasi trading within the division. Josh Pascal, Jameer Gibbs, Sam Laporta, and Broderick Martin in that trade. Uh, Stafford has a couple of years left. He wins the Super Bowl with the Rams. But you guys get your core to compete. And you, like you said, this doesn't feel like a flash in the pan Lions team. This feels like a team that could compete in the division for the next three or four, maybe even five years. And, and even build down the road. Yeah, I, I mean, like for our expectations coming into the season, like where you are, like I would say in like the conversation where like people are talking about like the Lions could do some damage in the playoffs. But I think the realistic expectations coming into the season was let's finally break that narrative and win the NFC North for the first time. And let's host a home playoff game for the first time in Ford Field history. Because um, the only Ford Field playoff game has ever been a Super Bowl was between the Steelers and the Seahawks. So wow. this is the first ever home playoff game and, for the Lions. And when did Ford Field open? 2002 or 2001. So, yeah, I was in high school. Yeah, so, so <laughs> something like that, right? It was around those years. And, um, yeah, so, like, the, coming into the season, yeah, it was win the NFC North for the first time. And they have accomplished now. Now we ask for a playoff win, too, so we'll see what happens next week. But, like, anything other than that this year is pretty much, like, house money. Like, it's extra credit, I guess you could say. Like, everything else past that is great but now for next year and then the year after that like that's when i think lions fans expectations come into like it's not super bowl or bust like that's when that's when now we're in the like legitimately in the big boy conversation if they do anything more than a playoff win this year like i, I like i said i call it house money i call it extra but next year is like 
when we're really getting to that big boy conversation. And, and that's something that Brad Holmes and Campbell built over the years to, to kind of put them in that position. So, um, yeah, it's not just one, a one-year thing where if it's a Super Bowl, we're not going to, like, you know, flip the city apart if they don't win it this year, right? Like, they have a time window to win. And um, I think it starts from now all the way. Like you said, it could be two years, three years, four years. I mean, the NFL is so weird. It could change so quickly. But that's what we're kind of expecting right now as Lions fans, I feel like. You know, your expectations are sky high. And over here at the Vikings, I'm sitting here going like, what if they finished in last place? Like, <laughs> wouldn't that not be? Because that would be the ultimate wake-up call, right? Because the Vikings have just been like, we want to win. We want to be super competitive. We want to be in the hunt all the time. They accomplished it this year. But you look at the division and it's changing. You guys have your solid core. The Packers have a young nucleus that's starting to form. The Bears, I mean, yeah, they're the Bears, but they have $60 million cap space and they're probably going to draft Caleb Williams. The Vikings have Kirk Cousins singing to Carol, Kelly Clarkson at the NFL Honors, probably a duet with Taylor Swift in a couple of months, and Justin Jefferson and um, not a whole lot else. So, I mean, I don't know if, you know, maybe that last place finish would be enough to kind of jar the Wolves into going like, hey, we tried to push and be competitive and everything else, and we still finished in last place. Granted, Kirk Cousins popping his Achilles didn't really help, but it's almost like there's part of me that just wants that wake-up call and not to tear it down to the level that the Lions did, but just take a step back, get that franchise quarterback maybe even have another 7-10 and 10 season and really take off with that cap space and that rookie window in 2024. You sound so much like me and my other teams with like the Pistons <laughs> and, and the Tigers, dude. I, I say the same things all the time because like the Pistons before, like now they're just straight up bad, but they used to be the same thing like the Vikings where they would be always mediocre with the Stan Van Gundy era. It's like they're always flirting with that ninth or 10th seed or maybe you slip in as the 8th seed, but they're just killed by the first seed. And it's just like, I, I just want a wake-up call. Like, just just lose. Just just rebuild. <laughs> start over. I'm sick of this. Um, and same with the Tigers, dude. When they had Alavila, it's like, just just stop this. I'm sick of trying to, to win the Central, even though it sucks. Stop trying to win the Central. Now it's a little different. But before, it's like, stop. We're not you know there. What, you know what the ultimate side of that is, too? Like, when you're so mad at your team, you just flip on, like, Madden or something, just start reading, yeah. I'm going to trade to Neil Hunter, and I'm going to trade Dalton Reisner, and I'm, I'm going to get rid of everybody and burn it down and build it the way I want it. Like, that's just... You know, we can yell and scream online all we want, but there's nothing like flipping uh, Daniil Hunter for four first round picks and going wild and mad. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, like I said, it, it's a tough situation because the Vikings, like I think, have talent. It's just it, it's in a weird window. It's kind of feels like the Stafford lines a little bit. It's like you guys are good, but like you guys are like you're good, but you're not bad. But you're, but, you're, but you're not great. You know, it's just weird. And it sucks being that window. I, I know exactly how it feels when we had Jim Caldwell and from like that era, it's, we were just the epiphany of mediocre like we could never get over the hump and that's why we fired him and tried matt patrician and it worked out and we led to where we are now so it's, it's all good but you guys have better posture after the Matt patricia era like 100 percent, yeah i mean yeah. i think i think we needed a, a complete blow up like we needed something just to kind of like kick our ass a little bit saying like okay like this is just not good let's restart Oh, no, no, no. I, I was referring to the press conference where he like, oh, I think he stopped and he's yeah, like, hey, yeah. you're slouching. You, you just give that. me this. And yeah, <laughs> you, you know, just uh, well, the rest of the NFC North, especially Mike Zimmer, loved Matt Patricia because he usually just torched him on a week every time they met up. But um, yeah, definitely a dark era in Lions football. Hey, let's let's talk about a brighter era in Lions football, which continues on Sunday 
The Lions hosting the Minnesota Vikings at Ford Field. The game will kick off at 12 p.m. Central Time on Fox. Joe Davis and Daryl Johnston will be on the call. Lions are favored by three and a half points, according to the Action Network. Lions can move up to the two seed in the playoffs with a win and a loss by Dallas and Philadelphia. Um, Don't even mention the two seed Alliance fans right now. It's it's not worth it. Yeah, we, just, we, we lost. We lost all hope after Saturday. Are are you are you? Uh, I'll, I'll ask you this. So if you're locked in the third seed and you get the Rams, are, are you afraid of the Matthew Stafford revenge game? I mean, like a little bit, but I, I feel I feel confident. Like I feel confident that we could we can match up with anyone in the wild card round because it, it looks like it's going to be the Green Bay or L.A. I, like I feel pretty confident with either of those matchups. Truthfully, it, it is funny because. Uh, you know, when you play an old player like that, you look at him and be like, oh, he's not that bad. I know all of his flaws. And then he'll come back and play like the greatest game of his career. And you'll be like, where was this? Where where, where was this? Andrew yeah. Wiggins, where was this? Yeah. <laughs> I love Stafford. He's my favorite quarterback of all time. Um, I mean, it would be a, like it would hurt very badly if we lost that game to the Rams. But like, I think at the same time, though, if we won that game, I think it'd be like just kind of burn that that pass a little bit. And it feels kind of good, like. I think it would feel good for Jared Goff, you know, like beating Sean McVay and and beating his former team. Like, I think that would feel really good for him and bring some confidence for the rest of the playoffs, too, if that were to be the matchup. Now, I did a little reading before we came on and uh, Dan Campbell said something about he has controlled fury going into this game. Um, What does that even mean? Because I feel like that's something somebody would say before, like blacking out and causing a disturbance at a Wendy's or something. Um, I, I don't really know, like. It, how did that Dallas game kind of affect your psyche coming into this week? A lot, man. I mean, I like, I don't know. Like, I, like you kind of mentioned earlier, like my interest level in this game isn't as high as the previous ones, just because like it feels like we're pretty much just locked and loaded for the number three seed, and like we can't really do much to to change that. But like that Dallas game meant a lot, man. Like if we win that game, we control their own destiny to get the number two seed, which would make this game a whole lot different from the Lions. But now it's like. You're asking for the what ifs, so kind of like what you guys are doing now. Like you're asking for other teams, and then like it's, it's just not the same when you're asking for other teams to do other stuff instead when you can control your own destiny. And the Lions had that opportunity, and it felt like it was just completely robbed against them. I mean, we don't have to go back and talk about that game, and, and the whole national media saw what happened in front of everybody. Um, it, it sucks, but you know, I hope that they could use this motivation. I feel like they are going to use this motivation going forward. I mean, you hear from Dan Campbell, the controlled fear, yeah. Like, I think they're going to use this as extra motivation. It's like, okay, we're going to go in and just, like, we can't let the game come down to the referees. Like, we're going to just go out and take care of business so the referees don't even have to involve themselves in the game. So, and I'll, I'm interested to see how the Lions team responds after a very emotional moment in Dallas. If the Vikings were to pull off an upset, how would they make it happen against the Lions? Um, I would say, obviously, eliminating the turnover. I think that was something that really caught the Vikings off guard in the last matchup but time of possession too I think the Lions really dominated the time of possession last game and kept the Vikings off the field so the Vikings could uh, establish some type of time of possession the only problem is that the Lions run defense has been very good this year and the way that offense has been picking away the Lions and you guys did a pretty good job at it was passing the ball because our secondary obviously is a little bit lacking right now um so yeah I mean I would say time of possession is the way to go if you guys can control the time of possession and limit the turnovers i think the vikings have a shot and i I think it's interesting to see how the Lions really handle this game i know they said they came out and so they're going to play their starters but i'm curious to see how much they play their starter like is it going to be all four quarters for jared goff it's going to be all four quarters for the offensive line 
Like, I, I'm curious to see how they actually manage their players going into the game because obviously, like we said, they need a lot of what ifs to get that number two seed. Um, and they have obviously bigger a bigger game next week. I would say as you know, they can't get a they can't clinch the bye anymore. So you know, you're guaranteed to play a wild card weekend. So you have a big game next week. I think that is more important than you know this game particularly versus the Vikings. Yeah, and I think you know, kind of looking at the Lions standpoint, it, maybe they just want to kind of. You know, Greg Coleman always used to say the old uh, Viking sideline reporter, kill a mosquito with an axe, you know, bury the Vikings. And then, you know, if you're in the third quarter and you're up by a couple of touchdowns, you know, pump the brakes a little bit, get the backups in there and get ready for uh, L.A. or whoever the whoever the Lions might match up with. Um, What's your prediction for Sunday's game? Like I said, I, I really don't know what to expect. Like, I can see us losing this game, honestly, just because I don't know how they're going to control their players in this game. Like if it ends up being a situation where they only play the first half and the second half is all backups, I mean, I think that completely changes the game. Like this is the weirdest game, I think, to really like predict or bet on, honestly, just because like you just don't know what to expect. I think that's just how really it is in week 18 for the most part, especially the way the lines are handling it. Because like they said, they're going to play their starters, but like how much are they going to play their starters? So I, I honestly, truthfully don't know what to expect. It kind of felt like I said that game two years ago when we played the Packers because the Packers already clinched number one seed and they decided to play their starters. But the same thing, we didn't know how long they were going to play. And they ended up playing the first half, played pretty good versus us. But then the second half, you know, we did a pretty good job for Jordan Love and ended up winning that game. So I could see something like that maybe happening in this game for the Lions, like where the Vikings get a little second half surge and maybe even end up winning that game. You got a score? Oof. Let's go. I think first drive is a touchdown. The Lions are going to come out with a touchdown first drive because they have, you know, you know, they're going to be pissed off. (laughs) So I think first drive is a touchdown. Let's go 24-21. Let's go Vikings. I don't know. (laughs) 24-21 Vikings. Okay. So the push for the playoffs is still coming alive. We're going to end the season with Kevin O'Connell in the locker room. Like, you know, four months ago, we set out on this journey to win eight games and Cause we reached those eight games. I am giving everybody in this room a game ball. You get a game ball. You get a game ball. The janitor gets a game ball. The parking, everybody in the city of Detroit gets a game ball from Kevin O'Connell and they fade in the background into the long off season. Well, maybe you know when I make the four o'clock window interesting for you guys now. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I look at this team and they're tired, man. Like I, I think like that's the, best word you can describe everybody associated with it like i'm tired watching them like they got they start one and four they battle their way back kirk tears his achilles they win a couple of more games justin jefferson comes back nick mullins has shoot to thrill blaring in his head at all times just chucking interceptions everywhere like i'm sure like in the building kevin o'connell's like hey you know if we beat the lions we got a shot we can still get in the playoffs but like you look at him in his press conference earlier this week, that guy looks like he has not slept in a month. Like he's just sitting there just like answering the questions, doing the best job. Like I feel like if they lose this game at the end, it's almost like the end of Avengers, you know, when Iron Man is dying and he's like, oh, you, you can rest now. Like, don't worry about it. You you can sleep. Um, I just I just see the Vikings just getting manhandled in this game. And I know it could be weird with the second stringers in there. But like I said, this this team is just mentally and physically drained at this point. I'm gonna I'm gonna go bold. I'm gonna go Lions 37, Vikings 17. I just I don't have faith anymore. It's it's gonna be interesting. And and being a fan or not, yeah, being a fan of a team that has played a lot of useless week 17 and week 18 games, 
Um, this is when the crazy stuff happens out of the underdog teams. Like this is where the Lions would always pull the crazy triplets. I'm like, oh, why couldn't we try that like week seven or week eight or something like that? Um, you know, you'll you'll see some reverse passing where like Golden Tate's throwing a touchdown pass, or in 2021 it was Tom Kennedy throwing a touchdown pass. Like we see all the crazy plays open up. And maybe like the Vikings just want to go off on a bang, you know, open up the playbook. You know, they're not really expecting playoffs, but if it happens, great. Um, let's just go off with the bang. Let's open up the whole playbook and let's catch the lines off guard, man. And then let's have some momentum going to the office. I can see that happening in this game. I'm excited for the CJ Ham fullback pass. There you go. Let yeah. Me, no, there's going to be some craziness in this game. hundred percent. Let's see what Kevin O'Connell can dial up. Um, well, maybe you guys do a fake let, pun against us. We're, we're the master of the fake puns. Maybe you guys throw a fake pun at us. There we go. We had one against Denver. It worked. Ty Chandler had a, like, I think it was a 30 yard gain on one. So uh, we'll, we'll see what Kevin O'Connell can cook up. Hey, if the Viking fans want to follow a playoff team though, and, Let's just assume the Vikings aren't getting in. Where can they check out the Pride podcast? Yeah, I mean, we're pretty much in every, you know, podcast platform. If that's Apple, Spotify, iHeart, wherever the hell you listen to your podcast. We're, we're pretty much on all of it. Um, so, yeah, you can just look it up, the Pride podcast. We're also on Instagram and Twitter, same tagline. So that's where you could find us. And, you know, obviously we have some exciting content coming up. We're excited for the playoffs, obviously. And, you know, just, just can't wait to you know, finally dive into it because, you know, we've been doing this for since 2018 and this is our first time ever covering the playoffs. So we're looking forward to it. It's going to be really exciting. And where can people follow you on social media? Uh, you could find me on Instagram at underscore Lions Nation underscore or you could find me on Twitter. Uh, my first and last name, Tyler underscore Salem, S-A-W-A. Well, thanks for coming on the show today, Tyler. We appreciate it and good luck on Sunday. Thank you, Chris. You as well, guys. That is all the time we have for the Viking Age podcast today. We do this every Monday with a late week episode right here on the Viking Age YouTube channel. We're also in podcast form on Apple and Spotify the very next day. But however you consume us, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe so you never miss a new episode and we can spread the word to the masses. For Tyler Sawa, I am Chris Shad. This has been the Viking Age podcast. 